Amen. How many knows this is Super Bowl Sunday? Now, I'm not going to try to pass the football to you because I probably wouldn't get it past the first front seat and all that. But, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we, we've shot some stuff up one year up in the balcony and everything. And that, we always sometimes hit people in the head with all of that kind of stuff. But uh, this is Super Bowl Sunday. Now, all of you know what, uh, what Super Bowl Sunday is all about. It's about uh, the national football teams who have played hard all year long. And we've got two teams that sort of come out victorious and they're competing this afternoon. They, they, in each of their divisions, they're considered champions. And I want to preach to you this morning or talk to you a little bit about this. I am a champion. Look over at your neighbor and say, I am a champion. I am a champion. And uh, these, uh, these two champion teams are playing for the world championship. They're playing for the, to, you know, so they can have bragging rights. And we want to talk about that a little bit. Now, I don't know if you're a Denver Bronco fan. I don't know if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan or not. How many, how many Bronco fans do we have in the house? Well, that, you ain't much of a fan. How many, how many Seahawks fans? See, Broncos, they got you beat today. You're going to have to get with it now. I don't know, if, I don't know, if, you know what team that you're going for, but I can promise you this. Those of you that's been following these two teams, you know that both teams, they've played hard. They've made mistakes, they've been up, they've been down, they've had injuries, they've had trials, they've had tribulations, they have, they've, they, they've played in the heat, they've played in the cold. Today they're going to be playing in the cold probably. You know, they've played in the wet, they've played in the rain, they've played in the sun, they've done all of these things. They've been cheered at, they've been booed, they've been jeered, all those kind of things that comes along with being one of these NFL teams. They've been disappointed. They've had their high moments. They've had their low moments. They've won. They've lost. All of these things that took place. But here's the, here's the key. Both of these teams have paid the price in order to get where they, have, where they are today. Both of these teams were not just born champions. They had to make themselves into champions. They've, they've paid the price. They, they, they're champions. We understand that because that's why they're here in the Super Bowl game today. But you know as well as I know. At the end of this game today, there's going to be one champion, right? It's either going to be the Broncos. Still not there. Or it's going to be the Seattle Seahawks. Well, all right. Again, champions are not born. They're made. Every single one of the players playing this afternoon will tell you Matter of fact, I started to show you an excerpt of a, of a video that uh, one of the guys, I can't even remember the guy's name, but I thought, oh, I don't even like his attitude about it. But anyway, they'll tell you that they earned the spot where they're at today. I earned this spot. I, you know, it, it, everything that I did caused me to be here. They've trained. They've pushed. They've stretched. They've, they've made themselves champions as you and I know today. But of all the people in the Bible, when I was thinking about this, all the people in the Bible that I would consider as champion, there's one guy that stands out to me. You may have your champion in the Bible. You, many of you think of David. And he was a mighty champion of the Lord. He was a great guy and learned a lot of things from, from King David. Some of you may think about the Apostle Peter. Even though he was a loud mouth, he got his foot you know, stuck in his mouth many times. He, he, he got his tongue in front of him many times. It got him into trouble many times. Peter, on the other hand, was still a champion of Christ. We understand that. 
We think of Mark and we think of James and John. You know, those, those guys, Peter, James, and John, one of those three guys that was, they had the inner circle of Christ. No doubt they were, they were champions of the Lord. And, uh, but, there's, but there's one other guy in the scriptures that stands out probably, and it's, and it's hard to single out just one of them, but, but one of these guys stands out as a champion today. And for me, the Apostle Paul would stand out as a, as a phenomenal champion of Christ today in the scriptures. Uh, the Apostle Paul was one of those guys that not necessarily he, he had his good moments, he had his bad moments, and many, you, you know the story there, and you know when he got knocked off his horse and was blind uh, for three days and all of that. But the Apostle Paul, when he made his mind up to serve Christ, and when he had that 360-degree turnaround, he didn't go back, did he? He, didn't, he, didn't, he, didn't, he made his mind up to simply be a champion for Christ. He made his mind up for, to be worthy of, of a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only did he make his mind up enough for him to be a servant of Christ, he wanted to live his life so that he could show others of how to live as a champion worthy enough for God. God's sacrifice and, and also for, for, for to be prepared as, a, as the bride for the groom uh, for when the Lord decides to come. And I think about Paul's championship statement and, and his championship disclosure in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. When the apostle Paul made this statement, he said this. He said, I have fought a good fight. He said, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And then he said, because of that, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. But he didn't stop there. And I'm so glad that he didn't stop there. But he went on to say, not to me only, but to all who have loved his appearing. Hallelujah. What is that talking about, Pastor? That talks about you. That talks about me. If we understand what's fixing to take place when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back, I will love his appearing. I'm going to love hearing the trumpet sound. I'm going to love hearing him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You are a champion. Come on up into the, into the sea with the joys of the Lord I've made for you and I've prepared for you. I'm going to love hearing, hearing that trumpet sound. Amen. And the Apostle Paul made this statement, and not just to me, but he said to, oh, everybody who loves his appearing. I want to tell you one more time, champions are not born that way. They're, they're, they're not made by accident. Champions are not made by osmosis or, or something or another coming together. Champions are not made by a, by a whimsy attitude. It's not made by a lack of a deliberation. Champions are simply made out of, out of a genuine purpose and you're deliberate in making yourself a champion. What are you talking about, Pastor? Champions today are created by God, but it takes one like Paul to use the championship attributes given by God in order for you and I today to be the champion, to come out the way that God has intended for you and I to come out. How many of you would agree with me today that you were created for the purpose of Almighty God? We got about, uh, about, a, about a fourth of you today that you feel like you created for the purpose of God. Let me just explain something to you. You were. You are created for God's purpose. Now, you may not be exactly where God wants you at right now, but you're in the process. Are you following me? I may not be that championship that Paul is right now, but, but I'm in the process. Boy, I'm in, I'm in the running today. 
I'm striving to do what God wants me to do. I'm striving to be everything that God wants me to be. I'm striving to make it to that championship game. Amen. And if I don't let the enemy knock me off my horse. Hello. If I don't allow the enemy to get in my way, I'm going to make it. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter when I join this game. I'm going to finish at the same time you are. You may have started 20 years before me, but I'm going to go across the finish line along with you. We're going to go and we're going to hold hands together, lock arms together, or whatever it may be. And we're going to say, "Woohoo! We made it. We're going to be able to get in the end zone and spike the ball. Oh, yeah. Because we've made it. Champions are not made by accident. God made us and he created us to be a champion today. All of these players in today's game, and I don't know who your favorite player is, but all of the players in in today's games, they were not born champions, as I told you before. They had to dig deep inside themselves in order to be a champion, to come out the way that that they are today. They worked hard to be a champion. They planned to be. Don't don't miss what I'm trying to say today. Because when you look at that from a football standpoint, you understand that. But many times we don't apply it to our spiritual walk. Now I want to let that sink in just a little bit. Because as as, as a Christian today, there's so many times that the enemy comes in and wants to knock me off my feet. Hello. There's so many times I have to dig down deep a little bit and say, Lord, with, with, with you on my side, I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. Amen. Amen. Some of y'all ain't getting it yet. We live in a culture today to where we feel like that if, that if all hell comes against us, we feel like God is against us. Not so. Just because we're having a down day does not mean that God is against you. Matter of fact, my Bible tells me that God is for me. He's not against me. Amen. And there's many times I've got to remind myself of that. I've got to let myself know, hey, Danny, pick yourself up, pull your shoes up on on yourself a little bit, and put one foot in front of the other because God is for you. Amen. And we all have to do that. But champions, champions, they study to be champions. They plan to be champions. They practice to be champions. Matter of fact, and here's what we don't like many times, they even gave up things to be a champion. Woo. They gave up things. They sacrificed some things. They suffered some things in order to be champions. Can I tell you, these guys that's playing this afternoon, they didn't wake up one day in the Super Bowl. They weren't just born yesterday. I promise you, if you take some of those guys, you can go back in their life and their history and their mom and daddy has, have, has videotape of them when they was just a little kid running on the football field and all the ribbons and all the trophies and all these things and they have a whole life that they've lived in order to get where they are today. Here's the thing, church. If you're going to be a champion of Christ, you have to earn the right to be a champion. I didn't say you had to pay the price. Sometimes you have to pay the price. And I'm not telling you you've got to do something in order to be a champion. God done it for you already. Jesus went to the cross for you already. But it's up to you and I to say, Lord, thank you for that. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to make the decision to follow you. Don't get me wrong. There's some things you cannot do by yourself. But of those things you can, you've got a choice to make today. And that choice is I'm going to be a champion. It's just that simple. Amen. Look over at your neighbor and remind him, hey, remember, you're a champion. 
You're a champion. Many times you've got to take a good look inside yourself. You've got to make the choice. I choose to be a champion today. It's not going to be easy all the time. It's not going to be simple. It's not going to be fun all the time. But the payoff is the championship. Hallelujah. The payoff is the championship. Now, before you, you start thinking bad of, of, of what I just said, let's, let's take a look at what Paul said here about his life. Let's look at his decisions, his process. Paul, Paul uh, was not at all denying the help of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was not denying the help of the Holy Spirit when he made this statement. He said, I have. Because on one hand, we would tend to think, well, he's a little arrogant making that statement. He's a little boastful. He's a little prideful making this. I have, you know. And we live in a culture that it's all about me, 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 right? And I, I, I. But the apostle Paul here said, I have. Three times he made those two little words, I have fought. I have finished. I have kept. You see, in order to be a champion, you have to make choices today, Right? You've got to make choices. And those choices have to be made. Not, it can't be made by somebody else. It can't even be made by your spouse. It can't even be made by your children. You have to make that decision yourself to be that champion. Well, pastor, what if I make the wrong choice? How many has ever made a wrong choice before? Oh, yeah, every one of us. You're going to make a wrong decision along the way. You know that. Most likely you'll make a wrong decision. But without making any decision, you're never going to get anywhere. And he's heard the little statement before, it's better to shoot for the moon and miss it than not shoot at all, right? Even At least I've done something. At least I tried. But if you look at it this way, you'll never make a decision alone because God will always be by your side in order to help you make the right decision. If you listen to the Lord, God will always help make the right decision in your life. But the decision is still yours to make. Still yours to make. Still yours to make. But we have to allow the leading of the Holy Spirit to take over. Let's look at these three things that Paul says. The first thing he said in Scripture in 2 Timothy was this. I have fought a good fight. How many would agree with me that Paul was a fighter? He was a fighter. You think about it. He didn't back down. Paul would fight for every single step in the world for the kingdom of God. When you read that in Scriptures. He never backed down from a fight. Every single one of the players today is a fighter. Can I tell you that they're going to fight to get that pigskin across the end zone? I mean, they're going to, this little, this little football here. Hey, it's, it's always amazing. I used to play football when I was growing up, you know, in, in school. And I used, me and, me and my buddies, we'd, we'd get out on Sunday afternoon. And we'd always enjoy playing football all Sunday afternoon. We used to enjoy it. used to love it. But this little bitty piece of ball. This little bitty pigskin here, they're going to fight this afternoon over this little thing right here. I mean, this is worth everything. But not only is it worth everything, you want to have it, and you want your side to have it, and you want to be headed toward your end of the goal, right? You want to get there. You want to get to that end zone. You want to make the points. You want to make the score and all of these things. They're going to fight for that. When you look at the Apostle Paul, he was loving, he was caring, he was, but he was strong. Even, matter of fact, when you read about the Apostle Paul, he was even abrasive many times in his teaching. Now think about this. His writings, his preaching, all of those things, his attitude concerning the purpose 
He understood what his purpose was. He understood what God was calling him to do. He understood he was having to take an important message to everybody that would listen to him. Amen. About Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, if you look in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, you'll understand some of, the, some of the sufferings that he had to go through in order to be a champion. Paul said here in verse 23, he said, I am more in labors, more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prison more frequent, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked a day and a night. I have been in the deep in journeys often in perils of robbers, of my own countrymen, of Gentiles, in the city and in the wilderness, in the sea among false brethren, in weariness and toil and sleeplessness, in hunger and in thirst, in fastings, in cold and in nakedness, besides all the other things. Now I don't know what the other things are. But besides all the other things, this is what I've had to contend with. Now, as I said earlier, Paul was a fighter. I mean, he was. He was a fighter. And, and, and he would go through whatever for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the question I have for you and I today in 2014, how many of you feel like for yourself, don't raise your hand, but you could go through everything that the Apostle Paul went through and still serve the Lord? Any hand? Don't raise it. He went through a bunch of stuff. And we don't even know half of the stuff that he went through. Most likely, many of us would think that, that we must be out of the will of God if, if all these calamities is coming our way. You know how we are many times. Lord, Lord, are you, do you even know where I am? Do you understand what I'm going through? All of this stuff and all of this misery and all of this suffering is, 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 is coming my way. I've got to be out of your will. I've got to do something different in order, I mean, because my preacher, he talks about the blessings of God every Sunday. But I ain't feeling no blessings today. I'm in perils. I'm hungry. I'm destitute. I need the Lord on my side, but I can't find him. And then the Lord sends three friends. And he sits, they sit down with you and they talk about all your sin. And they talk about all the stuff that you must be doing wrong. As old Job was, you know. They, 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 they talk about all these kind of things, but Paul was a fighter here. He was a fighter. You will never, listen, you will never be a champion if you're not a fighter. You and I, we've got to understand, we've got to have a mindset about ourselves that simply says it doesn't matter what comes my way. I will fight to stay alive. I will fight for the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what comes my way. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to back up. I'm moving forward with the Lord. Amen. And we've got to have that mindset in our mind. Because I promise you, church, you know already, you know I'm telling you the truth. You understand that the enemy wants to rob from you. You understand that the enemy wants to destroy you. You understand the enemy wants to break you in half. But Paul, he was a fighter. And you and I have got to have a mindset. Lord, I don't care what comes against me. Eat this flesh up by the skin worms and all these things. But I'm still going to trust you. I'm still going to follow after you. He was a fighter. And without a doubt... Today, champions are fighters. The second thing he said, he said, I finished the race. I finished the race. Every single one of the players today is a fighter, as, we, as, we, as we've talked about. And these guys, they're, they're trying their best. They're trying their hardest to finish the game 
when the, when the seconds, Brother Roger, runs out on the clock, they want to finish on top. They want to finish with their team having the highest score. Because then they're able to say, woohoo, we're number one. Can't be number two. We're number one. We're number one. Y'all remember those things? We're number one. Can't be number two. We're going to beat the whoopee out of you. The whoopee out of you. Y'all remember that in school? <laughs> Nobody remembers that? <laughs> I don't know if those guys would say that today, but when we was growing up, that's what we would say. We wanted to be number one. We didn't want to be number two. If you're number two, you're a loser. You may be number two in your division, but you're still a loser. You've got to be number one. And these teams are fighting to be number one. Paul, and here's, here's the funny thing about these guys. These grown men, big guys. I mean, these, I wouldn't want to face one of these guys for nothing. I mean, they're big. They're, they're muscle-bound. They'll run you over. These guys will kick, they're going to bite, they're going to slap, they're going to do anything if they feel like they can get by without the ref finding them. They're going to do whatever they can do. I always thought it would be interesting to put microphones on those guys on the front line and just listen to everything that they say. It'd probably be bleep, 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 probably all of that. But I'd be interested in, you know, I mean, because a lot of times they're calling their opponent, you dog face, I'm coming after you. You know, you hear all kinds of things. <laughs> Now listen to me, church. I know I'm trying to get your attention this morning, but hear me. As a, as a child of God, there's many times we have to get in our enemy's face and we have to call him out. Many times we're too passive. I didn't, I didn't feel like I'd get an amen there, but we are. We're too passive when it comes to dealing with the enemy. We'll back up a little bit and we'll stop what we feel like God has called us to do because we don't like getting, being intimidated. We don't like, you know, having the enemy come against us. We don't like our friends coming again. We don't, we don't like these things. But there's times in our life you've got to stand firm. And you've got to come against him and say, listen, dog face. The God that I serve is more powerful than you. The God that I serve will deliver me out of this situation. The God that I serve shed his blood that I might have life and have it more abundantly. And therefore, I'm going to stand sure-footed and throw my shoulders back and say, I am a champion today. Hallelujah. Because of who I serve. Look with me We're in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. 28. Paul here speaks about his humanity a little bit. He's just human. He's just a human guy like us. He talks about his weakness. He, remember what he says besides all the other things. He, he lists all those things that, 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 that happened to him. And then he said besides all these other things, he said what comes upon me daily, he said is my deep concern for the churches. He had such a strong concern that the people and the churches that he started would prosper. Now, I can tell you this from a, from a pastor's viewpoint. And I hope I, I, hope I don't say nothing here that would, that would hinder your, your thinking of, you know, badly of me, if you understand what I'm saying. But there are Sundays at times that I go home. And Brother Keith, in my spirit, I'm hurting in my spirit because I say, Lord, they didn't get it today. They, the people didn't get what you're trying to say. And within my spirit, there's anguish there. And there's a hurt there. And, there, and there, it's not a resentment or anything like that. It's just a deep concern for the church. Because as a pastor, you want to see the church healthy. As a pastor, you want to see the church flourish. As a pastor, you want to see people of God get it 
You know what I'm talking about? They get it. And they're on fire for the Lord. And they're moving forward for the Lord. They're not going backward. They're moving forward. You know what brings a pastor joy? Is have people call him up or come by and say, hey, just want to let you know, whoo, man, I, God is touching me. He's being motivating me. I'm moving forward. Matter of fact, I can run circles around you right now. <laughs> they're moving forward. And they get it. They finally get it. Paul here says, besides all the other things that comes on me daily, he said, I have a deep concern for the churches. I care for the church. Paul, Paul here, you got to understand, Paul was not boasting in his strength. What boasting in his strength? He was, he, was simply, he was simply saying that, that, that he was just human. He was just as human as you and I are. But just as human as any other guy of his day. He was just human. He understood all those things. He goes on to say in 2 Timothy 2 and 3, he says, he tells us, he, he lets us know up front. He says, look, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ. What are you, what are you talking about, Pastor? Some of us, we think, well, if we're serving God, we ain't going to have no hard times. We're just going to tiptoe through the tulips. And it's going to be all right. It's going to be good. I mean, I've got my, I've got my football jersey on. My team is going to win. I don't know which one it is, but they're going to win. <laughs> you know, I've got it all together. I'm going to take the, I'm gonna be able to take the ball, and I'm going to be able to go to the end zone, and I'm going to spike. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. And we feel like there's no hardships that's going to come, but we're deceiving ourselves. And many times, a child of God, when the hardships come, we wonder, well, Lord, what's up with this? What's, what's going on with this? Apparently, you're not doing what you said in your word you're going to do because you let all this calamity come upon me. And we, and we fall away. And we get out of church and we, and we don't do the things that God wants us to do anymore simply because in our mind we're saying, well, I had it better when I wasn't serving the Lord. You ever heard that before? I have. But the truth is, no, you're not. Because you're on your way to a devil's hell. Champions, you have to decide to be a champion. You have to decide that there's going to be a, there's going to be a Super Bowl for you and I'm, you're, going to make, you're going to win. You're going to win. Paul here was determined, and you and I have to, have to be determined as well. Hard times is going to come. Tough times will come. But, Paul, but Paul's faith in God was simply greater than his suffering. Paul was determined, I am going to finish. I'm going to finish. Now, I know many of you probably don't believe this. But earlier in my life, I used to love to run. And I used to love running cross-country runs. And we'd run three, three and a half miles. And Keith, I know you don't believe that now, but I used to. I, I don't do it now. Don't do it now. I probably couldn't make a mile today. But earlier in my life, David, I could. Boy, I could run with the best of them, those little short legs. And I'd run three and a half, four miles. What nothing to do that. Now I'd die. But three back then, it was, it was good. But one of the things that I, that I learned while I was running is when I got close to the finish line, I mean my legs aching, my, my body was hurting, my muscles began to ache, and all these things. And the thought always came in my mind, did it not? Oh, just quit. Just stop. You don't have to get to the finish line. Ain't nobody going to, they may laugh at you a little bit, but they, don't, they, don't, they ain't going to remember you next week. But something down deep says just keep pushing forward. Keep moving forward. Keep going. Be a champion. Whether you're first place or not, to you, you're a champion. Now, I didn't ever win any, any races like that, but I, I did finish the, the, the go across the finish line. All right? And for me, that was a success. Hello? 
For me, that was a good thing. But Paul here says you've got to endure hardship as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, you, 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 uh, finishing is not just a part of winning. It's simply the essence of winning. Winning is everything. Without finishing, you cannot be a champion. Wouldn't it be a sad thing for you to live your whole life as a child of God and the, and, and, and the week right before Jesus comes back, you deny Christ? You ever thought about that? But can I tell you, there's going to be a lot of people. There's going to be a lot of people. I don't know if your Bible says the same thing mine, but my Bible says wide is the gate that leads to destruction. That tells me there's going to be a lot of people that miss out in the end. Narrow is the way that goes to life. And so there's going to be a great falling away, and we, and we see that today. I don't, you know, y'all may not see things, the same things that I do, but when I look across my television set, I'm going to tell you they're blatant today. They're blatant about things they're pushing at us today as God's people. If there is ever a time for you and I to stand up and stand firm for our God, it's today. It's today. Now, this, is, this aggravates me a little bit, and I'm sorry. You know, Abby stood up here last week, and she told you about this movie, God's Not Dead, and all of those things. And, and we, we got papers out there, and I got other churches signing names and all of that so, so we can have an interest in bringing that movie to Blavel. But here's the aggravating part to me. You know, what, you know what we have to do? Not only do we have to do the names, but we have to get people to commit to buying the tickets. Matter of fact, we have to get people to already buy a ticket to get that movie to come to Blavel. Now, I don't understand how all the movie stuff is done. I, I, don't, I, you know, that, that, I may need to understand that a little bit more, but... but I don't see where anybody is showing a, a piece of paper to bring some kind of R-rated movie or some kind of junk to the movie. It just automatically comes. And you just go and see it. Why can't they just bring the gospel mu uh, movies as well? And so if there's ever a time for you and I as God's people to stand up and be a winner and be a champion, it's today. We've got to be a champion for Christ today because sometimes it may take a little time. Sometimes it may take a little money. Sometimes it may mean we just got to get out of the house and do something. Hello. i got to hurry here. The last thing is this. So without a doubt, champions finish. The third and final thing is simply this. Paul said, I have kept the faith. He was a keeper. He was a keeper. It was his intention to keep that which had been entrusted to him. Keep that what was precious to him. Not, not in necessarily in his eyes, but in the Lord's eyes. Amen. That which had been entrusted to him is to keep, to keep alive. The faith, keep alive the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in doing so, Paul understood the trials had to come. And he understood the battles was going to come and the hurts and the pains and the disappointments was going to come. The sorrows had to come. But he also understood it was little compared to what Jesus Christ had endured on the cross. So that he could have life and have it more abundantly. Here's the thing, Jesus is waiting on the other side for us today, people. Your friends and loved ones is waiting on the other side for us today. They're waiting on the other side and they're cheering us along. And they're saying we can make it. We can make it. His was a, his was a statement of defiance, if you will. His was a statement of triumph. I'm going to be victorious no matter what. I'm going to be victorious no matter what. Amen. Hallelujah. And Paul here says, I have kept the faith. I've kept the faith. There's nothing wrong. In rejoicing in the victory. <laughs> Today, hold that ball. Today, I promise you, grown men, big guys, 
mature guys. These guys that has, that has fought battle after battle after battle to get where they're at. I promise you today, if they're scorers today anyway, if somebody goes across the goal line, this is what you're going to see. It may not look just like this, but this is what you're going to see. They're going to take the ball, Brother Keith, and they're going to run. And when they get to the end zone, you're going to see them. And they're going to do all kinds of stuff in that end zone. These grown men. Why are they going to do that? Because they have scored a touchdown. And they give points to their team. And they just forward their team onward to the championship. They're moving that direction. And, and, and when they get momentum going, I'll tell you, it's hard to stop momentum. That's another message in itself. But I'll tell you, it's hard to stop momentum. Taking a picture of me. Thank you, Sister Michelle. I'll be on Facebook this afternoon. Good Lord. <laughs> Thank you. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. Paul had momentum going for him. That's why he was able to make the statement, I have fought a good fight. I fought a good fight. Now, church, if you don't hear nothing else I say today, hear this. Please hear this. We're living in a day, we're living in a day where God's people are being attacked every day. Every day. Matter of fact, across our country and across our world today, there are people being slaughtered and killed for the sake of Christ. We don't see it, but they are. They're being killed for the sake of Christ. We have people in our nation, in our country, in the USA, in the past that's been killed for the sake of Christ. I'm not going to bring up any names, but you know who I'm talking about. I could bring name after name after name. Because they serve Christ, they've been killed. Deny the Lord, or I'm going to shoot you. What would you do? That's hard. That's a hard question, isn't it? What would you do if somebody put a gun to your head and said, deny the Lord, or I'm going to blow your brains out right here? That's a, that's a, that's a, when you're faced with a dilemma and a faced with a situation that way, that, that is a hard thing. But Paul says here, I have kept the faith. I've kept the faith. I've kept the faith. He knew without faith it was and it's still impossible to please the Lord. Keeping the faith. He knew. He knew that he had to please God. Our greatest goal today in life simply should be to please the Lord. I was visiting with Sister Lawson yesterday at the hospital. And we got to talking about the presence of God. And we were, two or three people was in the, in the room right there, and different ones got to crying. And I made a statement to him. I said, you know what? And you've heard me make this statement before. I said, the pres- there's nothing like the presence of God. Nothing like it. I can't explain it. I, I don't understand it many times. But when God's presence moves in your heart, you, you, when you know that God's presence is there, nothing else matters. Nothing matters. Time doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. 
What you've got going on this afternoon or tomorrow, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. God's presence is everything. And Paul understood that the greatest goal in life needs to be to please the Lord and to make sure his presence stays with us. The world looks and asks Paul many times. It says, now that you've won the Super Bowl of life, in other words, where are you going next? This afternoon, you'll probably hear the championship. Some of those guys say, well, I'm going to Disney World. I'm going here and I'm going there. But Paul... He finished it up. He says, look, I've, 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 I've fought a good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. But let me show you where I'm going. He said, there's a place. <laughs> there's a place that is, that is laid up for me. They're, they've got a crown of righteousness to set on my head. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They, the, the, the Lord, the righteous judge, he's gonna, he is the one that's going to give it to me. It's not a football commissioner. It's not the head of the NFL. It's going to be Jesus Christ that takes the crown of righteousness and places it upon your head. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he says, he goes on to say, not just to me. I'm not the only one that's going to get this thing. Everybody else that loves God and serves the Lord and everybody that follows, they're going to get it too. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Michelle, musicians, would you come? Listen to me. Listen to me as I close today. Nobody, nobody on those two teams this afternoon, the Broncos or the, or the Seahawks, nobody on those two teams playing the Super Bowl woke up there by accident today. They didn't wake up there by accident. Nobody in those clubs didn't expect, they, they, every one of those teams expected to get there, I promise you. A good coach, he starts the season out by saying, hey, this is our, this is our destination. That's our goal up there with the Super Bowl. That's our destination. That's where we're going. Nobody in those clubs didn't expect to get there. Every single one of them, from the coach down to the water boy, expected, they intended, they expected to get where they are today. If they had not expected to be there, they wouldn't have been there. Wouldn't have been there. So here we are. Here we are today. And it's us. It's you. It's me. You Listen to me. I know this is very, very simple, but I want you to hear me today. You will not make it to heaven by accident. Not going to get there by accident. You're not going to get there because God did create you, just because. We have a little thing called sin in the world. Separates God and man. Jesus came. He was our advocate. He made, he made an opportunity he, he, he done what he done, so he gives me opportunity to be saved, Brother Leon. I have, I have that right today because I call upon him because of what he done. But we're not going to get there by accident. You will not get there by, by not contending or not fighting. You will not get there by not finishing the race. You've got to finish. You're not going to get there by not keeping the faith. You've got to keep the faith. You've got a choice to make today. Are you going to choose to be a champion or are you going to choose to be one of those guys or gals that just gets by? you got a choice. You can say, Pastor, this is Super Bowl Sunday. We're supposed to be cheering and rawing and all those kind of things, and I didn't really come to make a choice today. Well, I'm sorry. you got to make a choice. you got to make a choice today. Are you going to be just one of those guys that gets by or are you going to be a champion? Take the easy way. Paul was not one... He was not one of those guys that took the easy way out. 
He didn't do it. I could, I, could, I, I could say that there's no easy way, and that's true. There is no easy way. But I can tell you this, there is a way. There is a way. No man cometh to the Father except by me. Jesus says, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. If you want to get to the Father, you've got to come through me. If you want to get to the Father, if you want to find the Father, you've got to come through me. I'm his son. I speak for him. If you want to see the Father, you've seen the Father because you've saw me. Others may choose the easy way. We've know of, we've, you've known people and I know people too that's chose the easy way and you never hear of them again. Never making an impact. Never making a dent in the world for Christ. But for us today at Pathway, this morning, on this main floor, all up in this balcony, you have a choice to be a champion today. I choose to be a champion for Christ. Oh, I may not look like a champion like you want me to, but I choose to be a champion for Christ. I may not get to take the football and spike it in the end zone today, but I choose to be a champion. My awards, you may not see a lot of medals pinned on me today, but I choose to be a champion. You may not understand everything that God has prepared for me, Sister Marilyn, over there. may not see it right now, but I know it's there. So I choose to be a champion. You may not understand everybody that I may try to impact in my life. You may not see everybody that I talk to or I try to witness to or try to share the good news of Jesus Christ, but God does. You may not understand every tear that's shed, but the Lord does. You may not understand all the, all the midnight prayers, all the things that maybe you or I go through for the cause of Christ, but the Lord sees them all. I'm a champion today for the Lord Jesus Christ. doesn't mean I don't have battles. It doesn't mean I don't have hardships. It doesn't mean that I don't go through stuff that I just don't want to go through. Still do that. But I still plan to be a champion. And so my question to you today as we close, what's your choice? Are you going to choose to be a champion? Or are you going to choose to be just one of those guys that just takes it easy takes the easy way out in other words no impact no nothing you're going to be able to take that pigskin spiritual pigskin and run to the end zone make a score for your team because here, here's, here's the truth the team that wins this afternoon and I don't care who wins I really don't but here's, here's the thing the team that wins, they're going into that game with, with their heart today. They're going with a made-up mind, Brother Roger. I promise you. I don't care who it is. They may be the underdogs, but if they go into it with a made-up mind, and if they have heart to fight and to do whatever that it, that it takes that's necessary, they're going to come out victorious. They're going to come out victorious. Looking at it from the human standpoint, little David was no match against Goliath. No match. <clears throat> Hope this helps somebody. Because there's some of you under the sound of my voice today, you're sitting here and you've been thinking over the last several days, well, I'm nothing. 
I'm, I'm little, I'm insignificant. But God doesn't see you that way. God sees you as a champion. And all you got to do is pick up the sling, put a rock in it, and start swinging. See, the problem we have, we, we want to have control over the rock. We want to have control over the things that we do in life to make an impact on people. But that's not our place. God just told us to be obedient and do it. Just swing and let go. Remember me telling you last week, let it go. And when we let it go, God takes it. And he places it in the exact the position that he needs to be in to the enemy's face to kill him. Ooh, hallelujah. And to destroy him in your life. Our job is to be obedient, to let it go. I choose today to be a champion. I want every head bowed and eyes closed real quick. In the balcony on this main floor, very quickly. Very quickly. I want to ask you this morning. You say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I'm not living for the Lord. But I need to give my life to the Lord today. Before I leave this house, the Holy Spirit has been convicting me today while I sit in this house. I need to surrender my life to Christ. I need to surrender my life. I want you to put your hand up. Hold it there just for a second so I can see you. I need to give my heart to Christ today. Thank you so much. You can put your hand down. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. I need to give my life to Christ today. I want to surrender my, my life to Christ today. I'm tired of playing games. I'm tired of being beat up all the time. I need somebody to come in and rescue me. I need to surrender my life to the Lord today. I'm going to do it. Sticky hand up, put it right back down. I'm going to surrender my life today to the Lord. I want everybody in the house to stand. And I want everybody in this house to pray this prayer with me today. Say it all together. Dear Lord Jesus, I come before you a sinner. I recognize my sin. I give it to you. I ask you, Lord, to come into my life. Save my soul. Deliver me from my sin. And make me whole. Let me forevermore live for you. Let me forevermore serve you. And let me as well cross the finish line with all the other Christians, with all the other saints, that I too can say that I am a champion. A champion for Christ. In Jesus' name, I surrender my life to you. I give it to you. I make a 360 degree turnaround and I begin today to live my life for you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Give the Lord praise.